Are you ready to invest in yourself today? Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. Where investment leader Billy Epperhart teaches you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom. Scripture says in Deuteronomy 8.18, Remember the Lord, your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. At Wealth Builders, our goal is to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Now, let's join Billy Epperhart. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. My name is Karen Conrad, and I'm in for Billy Epperhart today. We are continuing in a series, I would say, on real estate. And I want to thank all of you for joining us every week. Uh, We're really encouraged by your comments and your questions. So be sure that you keep sending those in. We're here for you. We try to answer as many questions as possible. And we're all about making sense of making money for making a difference. In other words, Billy and Becky have started Wealth Builders to help you and to help me to build wealth God's way. And one of our favorite ways to do that is through real estate. Today, we're going to be talking about fix and flips. And I'll be sharing with you five key things to help you get started. Look, I'm not going to kid you. I love fix and flips. They're the most fun part of real estate, in my opinion. And part of that is because I'm a designer and it kind of allows me to be extremely creative. But it's also, I would say, the area of real estate that has the most risk if you don't know what you're doing. One of the many things that I appreciate so much about Billy and Becky is that they share with us all the things that they learned as they went through building their real estate portfolio. I think Billy says it this way, he's just made a little bit more money than what he's lost. (laughs) And I would say we're, we all learn that to a point in any type of investing, whether it's a business, real estate, or the stock market. But what we really want to help you do is to mitigate that risk and go into real estate with your eyes wide open, giving you a foundation of knowledge that really gives you an edge before you even put your first dollar down on a real estate investment. We all enjoy watching HGTV and designer shows, and uh, it's very inspiring. I think the very creative process of those is so fun. You know, that transformation, God created us for transformation. And I think that there is a tie there, which makes fixing and flipping really interesting and fun. But there's also a lot of things in that process that can go wrong if we don't have the right planning and the right things in place. So I'm going to be sharing with you today five key things that's going to help you get started with fix and flips. And just a little disclaimer here, this is not comprehensive. There's probably many more things that we could talk about, but I think if you start in these five key areas, it's going to help you get that first project going. Or maybe if you've done a fix and flip and you look back and maybe it didn't go well or Uh, you want to do better this time, I think this is going to really help you to find the right things to focus on. So we just did 
a fix and flip in one of our properties and it was really fun. But just like everyone else, there are some lessons that we learned along the way. And so I'm definitely going to incorporate that in our discussion today as well. So let's get started. Number one on fix and flips is to get educated on the fix and flip process. And if you're tuning in today, this is going to help you to at least get a base knowledge on this. But there is a pretty uh, intense process with fix and flips that starts all the way from making sure that you've got your financing in place, uh, understanding what happens, what things you need permits for, what things you don't need permits for, what are things that you can do in the property, what are things that you can't do without getting the city inspectors involved. That's a really big key item, especially when you sell a fix and flip. That's when the buyer's going to go back and they're going to look at records and they're going to determine if you did things correctly or not. And on the buying side of fix and flips, there's so much to take a look at as well. Title insurance. Uh, I've got such a story for you on one of the properties that we uh, purchased or we were under contract on. What we found out is the people that did the fix and flip did not get title insurance. And there was about six liens on that property. And it included a death in the situation. So they had to deal with probate. And while we were on the buying side on that one, thank goodness we weren't on the selling side and got into something like that. It delayed the process several months. And I'm sure that it was not in the budget of the people that did the fix and flip. So you want to really learn about the process, do research, listen to podcasts like this, go to Wealth Builders University, where we've got a lot of teaching out there in real estate, including fix and flips. You can attend the Wealth Builders Real Estate Workshop that's coming up on October 15th through the 17th. And one of the best ways to learn about the process of fix and flips is to get a mentor. I'm just going to share with you a quick story that I need to move on here to the second point. But one of the ways that I learned so much about fix and flips is I listed properties and I did home staging for a friend of mine that did about maybe one or two flips a month. And he got me involved in the process to sort of help him to manage maybe some of the contractors to look at the details of what needed to take place to make sure that the property was ready. But just having him as a mentor, and in this case, I was actually working for him as a real estate agent and home designer, I learned so much about the process, just being around when the work was taking place, visiting with the contractors, understanding what could go wrong, learning things at the closing table that maybe wasn't taken care of that should have been. And then you deal with it on the end as far as trying to get things closed. So when you find a mentor, what you're able to do is you're able to learn from somebody else's mistakes and successes at a much more rapid pace than if we were to research and just learn on our own. So number one, get educated on the fix and flip process. Number two, you need a go-to team in the area that you are purchasing and doing your fix and flips. There's quite a few things that we would take on personally to do in the property, but there were many more items 
that we did not want to get involved with that we needed to find the right team members. Let me just give you some examples. You're going to need an electrician. You're going to need a plumber. You're going to need somebody that can do sheetrock. You're going to need somebody that can do flooring. And I realize a lot of those things you might say I can do myself, but if you start to work up to any sort of volume, you can only do so many things yourself. And what we found is that it was much better to lean into the experts because they did it right the first time. We had somebody else that if there was a problem, we could call back into the situation. And a lot of times they know where to purchase the materials at a much less expensive, less than retail price. Let me give you an example of this one that we just worked on. It was a pretty significant fix and flip. When we went into it, we were thinking that we might be able to just do some cosmetic changes. But the more we studied the market, the more that we looked at the property, we realized that we needed to pretty much bring all of the walls down to uh, the studs. And we wanted to open up a couple spaces, which would really help with the value. And so because we were new to this area, we hired a general contractor that was the builder on a property, a brand new build that we had just purchased. And we look back on that process and we are so grateful that we leaned into the go-to team in the area because we didn't know who the contractors were. We didn't know who the good contractors were. And in this market, a lot of the people that do the work, they're really busy. So we needed to leverage a relationship with people so it allowed us to basically get in to get good connections with these contractors based on the relationship that our general had with them because he had multiple projects going. We only had one project going, which gave us no leverage. But in that process, we also met, documented, and got to know all the contractors. So now when we go to the next project, or let's just say we needed something fixed or taken care of in one of our properties, we have a whole portfolio of connections that we were introduced to from the general contractor. That makes a huge, huge difference because there is a very high demand on people that are in construction and working on homes right now. So without some sort of a relationship, it's very difficult to get good quality people in and to know that you are going to get a quality job at a good price. So you need a go-to team and you can start looking for that now before you even purchase a property. And like I mentioned, uh, get involved with somebody that's already got those connections and it was well worth the 10% fee that we paid him to general the project to know that everything was done right and that we had the right connections with the team. Also with the go-to team, two of the very important connections that you wanna have is a real estate agent and eventually a property manager in the area. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about something called a burr that sort of springboards off a fix and flip. Uh, so the more relationships that you build in an area, the more advantage you are going to have in your fix and flip and your ability to do multiple in that area with the same team.
right? So we talked about get educated on the fix and flip process. We talked about how you need to have a go-to team along with some tips on how to find them. Number three, you want to understand the market and buy in the right areas. When we first decided to get into real estate investments in Texas, the first place we started to look is close to where we live, which makes sense. It would be nice to you know, just go a couple blocks or within a mile to get to the property. But we knew we wanted to do some fix and flips. And what we learned, even though the price point on homes in the area is extremely high, what we learned is the average return that people were getting in the area we lived on a fix and flip was $8,000 a house. <laughs> How many of you know that that is not a great return, especially if you're having to invest about $400,000 on the front end? So we learned really quickly that that was not going to be the area for us to do fix and flips. So we started looking outside the immediate area and we actually landed in a small town that's fairly stable and is getting a high demand of rentals and people wanting to move a bit out of the city. So you want to find those areas that are on the fringe of some of the really hot areas right now and look where the growth patterns are going out to. Get established in those areas with a real estate agent and begin to study the numbers. Look at the ones that have been done, the fix and flips that are going on the market. You can go back on the history in Zillow. Your real estate agent can find it on realtor.com or go to the county and you can find out how much they were able to purchase that property for. Then you can even locate in many cases some pictures of that property before it was renovated. And there might even be a listing your agent can help you with an MLS. See what was done and you're going to get a pretty good idea of what the spread on that fix and flip is. So we just went and looked at properties. I do a lot of studying online before I ever spend money or time going in and looking at the actual properties. And I'm able to locate the areas that are good fix and flip markets. And once you find those, then you go through the process of getting your team together and really starting to learn what type of renovations you should do to get your best ROI. Number four, do the right renovations and understand your risk on the front end. One of the areas that we're investing in right now, as I mentioned, is a smaller town and the ability to go to an $800,000 or a million dollar property and actually get your money out is actually pretty slim because most of the people that live in that area aren't able to afford that higher end property. One of the things that we encourage you to do, and Billy taught us this, is to look at the median income in an area and try to stay within three to four times that median income on the final sales value of that property. There's other guidelines that you can look at too that we teach more about in the real estate workshop, but that's one of the areas where we know uh, as excited we might be about a project or the potential of a house we realize that if we start putting a lot of money in that renovation, it would be like finding a needle in a haystack to find a buyer for that. So that's all part of looking at doing the right renovations 
and you start with, of course, getting the right property. The other thing that you can do is look at the fix and flips and the ones that are moving really quickly and start to pay attention to the improvements that are most important to the buyers. Your real estate agent can help you a lot with this. I'm going to give you a story of one that we did in Colorado Springs. And we started studying the market. There was a lot of homes that were sitting in this particular area of Colorado Springs. They're maybe older homes, you know, a little dated, built in the 70s, 80s, maybe the early 90s. And we would find that even though these properties were sitting right next to each other, one would sit on the market at a fairly low price per square footage and no one would be interested. Yet there's this property right next to it that was just hot, moved on the market quickly for a very high price per square foot. And we started to dig in to find out what the differences was between these properties, why one sold so fast and why one just sat there. And we realized that in this particular area of Colorado Springs, the people that moved in, they were at a fairly high price point, but they did not want to go in and have to do anything major with that property. And the areas we realized that were most important to them was the master bedroom, master bathroom, the kitchen, and the main level living. So when we did a fix and flip, we didn't go through and renovate everything in that property. We went in and renovated the areas that we knew were going to drive the price up. And in this situation, we didn't even touch the lower level, even though if you looked at that bathroom, you would say it was super dated. I would stage it and made it look as good as possible. But we started to learn by analyzing properties where the money was best spent in that particular neighborhood and what things that you could leave. And if you did put a lot of money into it, you wouldn't see a return. To me, this is one of the biggest ways that we learn how to make money on flips is we do just enough in that area to get the higher price point, but we leave things that we might with our creative side actually want to go in and fix and update but leave those because you know that you are not going to get a return on that investment, no matter what you do. Number five, define your exit strategy and understand your tax consequences. When we go and look at a fix and flip, we definitely look at it as if we had to liquidate it right after we finish the property. It's really important that your numbers work in that case, just in case you really need to sell it at that point. We don't know some of the things that may come up in our life. You know, there could be something that's happening on another project, or we might have a real estate deal that we really want to take advantage of, but we can't because our money is tied up in this flip. But I would never purchase a property personally where it would only work if I sold it right after the renovation was complete. So we look at it for an exit strategy and we want to see at least three ways that we can make this deal work before we start investing in what we would call the fix and flip. So one of them is, of course, what I just mentioned, that it would be viable to be able to sell it after we finish the renovations, which generally are between a three and a six month process for us. But I also wanna look at it as a buy and hold. 
So if we decided not to sell, and there's some good reasons not to, which I'll go into here, but if we decided not to sell right away, but buy and hold, what sort of rental rates might I get on that in a long-term rental? And does it cash flow based on the renovations that I'm going to do? And then also looking at it as a short-term rental. I mean, that can be a vacation rental or an Airbnb, but where we've really seen the success with short-term rentals is more when people are going through a life transition, maybe they relocated and they're building a house. We've got one situation where the family had a fire in their property and they were looking for a nice home to live in, uh, not hotels, not Airbnbs for three to four months. And in that case, we were able to get a really nice return or rental price on that. And we rented it furnished. So when you go into a property before you even buy it, really be clear on what those exit strategies look like and then have a discussion with your accountant also to make sure you understand what the tax consequences of each of these would be. So there's something which we'll talk about more in another episode that is called a burr. We love burrs. You buy, you renovate, you might rent, refinance, and then repeat. And in those situations, if you do a renovation or you do a fix and flip and you sell it in the same 12-month period that you purchased it, all the, of your earnings are going to be in most cases, but again, go to your tax professional. You're going to have to claim that as earned income in that tax year. But if you're able to do a burr or if you're turning it into a short-term rental and you're able to get it to the point that you have more than a year has passed since you purchased that property, you have the opportunity to do a 1031 exchange or to look at it from more of a capital gains perspective than an earned income perspective. In the situation with the flip that we just did, we actually chose to go that route rather than sell it right after we finished it because there would be quite an increase in and quite a amount that we would have to claim on our taxes. We chose to do a short-term rental and we are going to reassess that property once we're past the one year mark on the date that we purchased it. And taxes were definitely a part of that decision. All right, so we covered five things today, five key things to consider with fix and flips to help you get started. And I'm just gonna Repeat what those are. Number one, get educated on the fix and flip process. Number two, you need a go-to team. So get that in place. Number three, you want to understand the market and buy in the right areas at the right price. Number four, you want to do the right renovations and understand your risk when you go in on those renovations. And then number five is define your exit strategy and understand your tax consequences. I hope this has been helpful for you. Fix and flips are a whole lot of fun. And if you take these five key areas into consideration, I think you will be mitigating a significant amount of risk, but I would always encourage you to learn more. And you can do that through our Wealth Builders University where we have all sorts of courses, some of our past workshops, the content is out there. Billy does most of the teaching on those. So you will learn so much from going to wbuniversity.online and you can join for just $299 a year, plus be part of our monthly live mastermind calls with the speakers and the coaches. 
Also, I just invite you to attend our real estate workshop that is coming up on October 15th through the 17th. Go to wealthbuilders.org and you can find out more about that. We actually do two of those a year. And if you just want to get some general information, Billy has a ton of free content available for you at wealthbuilders.org. And then also you can go to his YouTube channel. So stay in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Email us with your questions at info at wealthbuilders.org. And I just appreciate you joining us today on the Wealth Builders podcast. And on behalf of Billy and Becky Epperhart, thank you for being part of Wealth Builders and God bless you. We hope you learned something of lasting value today from this Wealth Builders podcast. If you'd like any tools, teachings, or resources mentioned in the podcast, you'll find them online at wealthbuilders.org. Wealth Builders exist to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. The Wealth Builders podcast is produced by Celine Williams with music by Audio Jungle and narration by Greg Hunter. Wealth Builders is a nonprofit organization. We depend on your donations to keep this podcast running. Please consider donating to us on wealthbuilders.org.